1: Welcome to Seahawks Man-to-Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Buga. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. You can follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You guys know where to follow me. I'm verified. Up at 14,000 followers now. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's ckid All right, everyone listen right now. I need you to just take a minute and breathe. Breathe, relax, listen to the sound of my voice, and relax. I don't think you guys have relaxed since the end of that, that game. I, I, I really do. Obviously, I'm talking about Seahawks-Vikings on Sunday Night Football. I know you guys are stressed. It's okay. Like, my homie, shout-out to my homie Adam uh, over there in London. He texted me on, uh, I think, he texted me on Saturday. And he was like, this is, you know what, I'm going to pull up the, the text thread. He said something to the effect of, man, this, is, this can't. I'm worried about the game. Like, should I be? And I was like, you yeah, absolutely should. I was like, the Seahawks are going to keep you stressed until, like, 5 a.m. Like, expect that. And he was like, ah, damn. And we just kind of laughed about it. And it was like, no, no, no. I was, he knew I was serious, though, too, at the same time. The Seahawks, this is what they're going to do every week. So strap in. You know, I don't know, Chris, if you'd be stressed during the games, but everyone else is. I'm going yeah. to keep it 100 with you. And that first half, I wasn't too worried because the score was 13-0. And it it felt more than that just based on what the Vikings were able to do with the run game and how Kirk Cousins was picking the defense apart, but it was only 13-0. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think it was the end of the world. Yeah, I really was sitting there thinking the Seahawks are in a great position. I mean, the Vikings held the ball the whole first half and only put up 13 points. And if anything, you're probably disappointed if you're the Vikings. Like, you had opportunities to get another touchdown, and you had to get three. I mean, these are things that – Against a Seahawks team with Russell Wilson and how he's been playing through these first four games up to today, you gotta think, yeah, we we need to put more points on the board. To me, honestly, I honestly I wasn't worried. I'm thinking, oh, this is gonna be an ugly second half for the Vikings, and for the most part, it didn't get much better. Yeah, it was it was it it had its peaks and its valleys. Uh, yeah, what I told I told my homie Adam. It's like, yeah, man, you're gonna be stressed till five in the morning or <laughs> four in the morning, because in London, you know, it's really early over there. Yes. Um, it's Monday morning when they're watching the game in yep. in London, and I guess I think that's the case for all the international fans for the most part. Like, I think the Seahawks did a thing on folks in Germany, Spain, like they really like dug it out over there across the waters <laughs> to watch the Seahawks, and like it's really stressful. But everyone just breathe, relax. You have Russell Wilson you'll be okay i mean it really is that kind of that that simple i wrote about russ and dk last night because russ i mean russ is he's wired differently we've probably talked about this on the show like russ has a brain coach right you just got to be wired differently to have a brain coach let's just start there (laughs) no i'm serious like it's not like a therapist or like a psychologist it's legitimately a mental conditioning coach his name is trevor Moet. talk to him shout out trevor cool cool cat uh like I still need to uh, read, read his book that Russ wrote the forward for. Russ has a brain coach right that teaches him to be neutral in those situations of the clutch time right and that rubs off on everyone else and not necessarily that they're neutral as well it just because they know Russ kicks it like that. He just gives him that faith. Like K J Wright said today after the game, he was like, After we got the fourth down stop, I was like, Oh, we're gonna win. Right? It wasn't it wasn't just some blind faith that he had. I'm sure his he thinks his team's gonna win all the time. But it's like he sees that number three runs out there, he's like, Okay, we're good. He he he's got us. Right? And that that's just kinda kinda how it goes. And I think everyone should should keep that in mind too. Not to say Russ is gonna always save the day. He's had games where he, he didn't, I mean, threw a pick in the Super Bowl for crying out loud. a pick today, and I thought Got yeah, that was nervous. bad. Yeah, but you knew that. At least I knew. I was like, he's gonna come right back from that. Just because that's just how Russ get down. It's like, I, i not already forgot about that, that interception. Like we didn't even ask him about it. It was a really bad play too, though. Well, uh, everyone relax. You got Russell. Like I know it's hard to not to be super stressed in those situations. Uh, but just trust in Russ. And and in Russ we trust. And Chris, this was probably the most the the biggest development from Sunday night trust in DK Metcalf mm. this dude this dude I talked about um how Russ rubs off on everyone else it, it's it's in DK's blood now I think I mean I've kind of already felt that because that's kind of how DK is wired too but like Russ like kind of reaffirms it for him like DK not really afraid to fail either I think that's a really important quality of like people in these moments you got to be and that's what separates like the great great players from like regular players is the is the they don't have that fear of failure like even dk said it after the game today he was like yo i want the ball to come to me in those clutch moments because if i don't if i don't catch it i'm gonna figure out what went wrong and i'll make the play the next time and if i make the play then i'm you know up there with the greats he has that mentality you can't be afraid to fail you can't even consider really like dang man like what if i don't catch it what if I don't get the first down? What if I don't? You know, like he's he's not really afraid of that happening. He realizes you could it, it can happen, and I'll get better from it no matter what. Um, so I think that's that's important because Chris, what we're seeing right now is the ascension of what may be like the best quarterback receiver duo in the league in Russ and DK. They they probably started the year like before Week One. Russ and DK were like what out of the top 15 probably I think Tyra Lockett and Russ were ahead of right they were, exactly they, they weren't even the-, the best pairing on their own like squad yeah and at this rate what is what is DK have? five touchdowns with like 500 yards i think DK like five touchdowns like 500 yards um the dude is dude is just killing. It. He entered Sunday's game leading the le- league in yards per reception at like twenty five, which ridiculous. is ridiculous, disgusting uh, numbers. And now you're adding like the fact that there's really nothing you can do with DK. You got to just hope he drops it. That's your biggest. That's bet. really it. That's it. Or you can just have a corner not. uh You know he can remember to like actually jump at the ball. What was it who's twenty seven on the Vikings? I don't got my uh, roster in front of me. Is it Dantzler? Is that the Dancer kid? Poor guy. Oh my God! Just watch DK just rise, up. dude. <laughs> rise up in his face. Saw the ball and was just way too early. Yeah. What are you doing? But it's 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 the trust that Russ and DK have in, he, in one another. And we always like we see Russ and he takes the the teams out to like San Diego or Hawaii or Mexico or whatever like in the off season to like build camaraderie, you know, team bonding exercises, and you wonder like how does that translate? it's in moments like that it's fourth and ten we're screwed if we don't get this this first down and not they don't play the sticks but our fourth and ten picked up like 40 yards on Russ was just like you know what man number 14's over there so we got a chance like it just it's just a trickle down effect like russ believes in himself in that way and he has that same fa- i mean t- to be fair russ would have thrown that to david moore probably he's fourth and ten you just got to throw it at that point but there is something to the like yo it's 4th it's, it's and 10. 14's over there. I really don't even care who else is over there because I'm, 14 the is there. Yeah, I'm just going to just heave this thing and hope and, and I know he's going to come down to it because those are what? Those are called 50-50 balls, right? Like, you in, like your chances. But in Russ's mind, that thing's like more like 80-10. Yeah, it's more like 90. <laughs> I was going to say 80-20, yeah. It might be more close to like 90-10 in Russ's mind. And it's I guarantee you it's not that same way with, with all of his other receivers, whether Russ will admit it or not. Like they're now... Through five games, Russ and DK are on pace to be like a top two pairing, if not the best, because Drew Brees is doesn't have his number one target, and it's been three, four weeks, three weeks now. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna leap Drew and Mike Thomas, and which matter. that is a really good duo. Like their efficiency was, is really crazy. That was the best duo last season. Uh, yeah, no, they're <laughs> they're, they're they're really crazy. Um. Madden Julio when healthy? Yeah, Matt Madden Matt Julio is really cra- I mean no, I know the Falcons are bad, but a healthy Julio Jones is still disgustingly good. Um the found that out week 1. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um Mahomes and Tyreek is ridiculous. Mahomes and Tyreek might be the best one. Just the combination of just like game-breaking talent in Tyreek and just un- uncanny arm strength by Mahomes, like it's just what he can do. Believing out Aaron Rodgers and D Adams though. That no, might I would say right now it's probably Tyreek injury, and Mahomes. Injury-wise, yeah. No, no, no. Healthy. No, well, no. When the healthy, I'm taking A. Rod and D. Adams. That I mean, it is disgusting. Devontae Adams has led the league in touchdowns for a reason. Yeah. No. He's 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 nasty. <laughs> I would say it's probably Mahomes and Tyreek right with one, and then I got Adams and Rodgers after that. And then after that, it's like a it's like open competition and DK and Russell. It's just every week, every week the game, because DK is now that guy where. If your scout team before the week, they have someone in like a yellow jersey that says fourteen. Like they're having somebody mimic him. They're watching him on every snap. Where's fourteen? And there's nothing you could do. But that first touchdown he caught, that's the. It's just a dart. It's, that was good coverage. Nothing you could do. Even the fourth down play that he uh he won the game on. Another dart. Good coverage. Nothing you could do. None you do. You got to hope he drop it like he did on the uh, second down. <laughs> You got, Pretty much. You got you got hope. Each, actually, that was uh, that's not really hope he drops it. That corner. Who was that corner? Was that Hughes? Yeah, he punched it out. That was that was a really, actually, really, really, really good play. He didn't give up. No, because he was beat. Yeah, cooked. Yeah, no. Nice little corner, little out route, Yeah, rap. yeah. yeah. D- DK is just a, a, a different dude, man. And there's something about that cat that you just kind of can feel like he wants to be great. I think we probably talked about this on the show too. I've written about it. He's got that same. Th- he's wired like Rush. He's like, yo, I'm going to be the best. And it really doesn't matter who is in front of me. I'm going to do what I got to do. And then Cameron Dancer forgot to jump for the ball. Like, I just get, whoa, I can't. Oh, man, that was bad. I felt bad. Did they show that a bunch in the slow-mo? They they showed the replay, and he located the ball. He's looking at it. And then for some reason, he was five, six yards ahead of DK. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? And then DK's like, oh, I'm wide open. Let me just grab the ball. It was one of those plays where you're wondering what the D B was thinking. You're in position. How do you outrun the ball? You were in perfect position. I don't know what happened. Yeah, he see, he ain't built for that yet. Is not he a yet. rookie? He, I don't know. I don't know much about this. I, I lost my, my, my roster that had uh all the Vikings dudes on it. But yeah, he 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 was not he wasn't ready for the moment. Like that was a perfect example of like what being ready for the moment looked like. And D- he was DK's like, Oh, I'm ready. I'm gonna go up and get this. I'm not gonna wait for the ball to come down, I'm gonna go up and get it. It's different. He's just he's just, just built different. I think what we say after week two is like uh, DK is Russ's number one receiver. Like it's it's, it's not even really a discussion, because look who he was going to. I think they ran what 13 plays on that final drive. How many went to DK? Six, and what one, two went to Lockett? That one Lockett should have caught, to be honest. Uh, so you got you got the number one a new number one receiver who really just can't be stopped. And you got the mental makeup of someone who's gonna be great. That doesn't mean that Russ and DK are gonna like lead the league in touchdowns or something like that. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. I'm just saying. Like at this point, it's bad news for everyone else. It's bad news for the rest of the league. Who do they play next? Another seven, Brian? they have Arizona. Arizona, yeah. Bad news for Arizona. Yeah. It's just bad news for for everybody. Like if you're not double covering DK on every play, I don't even care how much that cripples your defense elsewhere, because that's why people don't double team all the time. Just because you got to be able to do your run fits and your other stuff. If you're, but if you're not, he's going to burn you eventually. The boy's too good, and he's not just like a long ball threat too. Doing everything. TK's scary, bro. Just think about how scary. Because remember the saying that Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, they struggle through September and October. But come November and December, they turn into this beastly team. Defense has figured it out. Russ is on all cylinders. But they're 5-0 right now. <laughs> they're playing better in their bad months than they have in the past. And they're getting ready to go into their months where they start dominating teams and they get rolling. I mean, that is scary. And we always talked about how DK is going to improve week in and week out from last season. Well, he's just exceeded those expectations. He has been way better than we have imagined, and he's only getting better. And now we're mentioning him with some of the best duos in the NFL with the wide receiver and quarterback. And what he's able to do week in and week out just shows his maturity and the fact that you pointed out he wants it. He wants to be known as one of the best wide receivers to play this game. And he's definitely proven that he can be that type of player, still work on, you know, completing the play, because I'm sure he's going to go back and watch film, but I just got to complete the possession. I got to hold on to the rock all the way down, be strong with my hands. And those are things you can fix like that. It's those ones that are just flying in and you're trying to catch it with your chest and it bounce off your chest and you drop it. You just got to stick your hands out there and you got gloves on, make it happen. <laughs> uh yeah definitely should. definitely gotta catch the damn ball uh yeah that was i, I don't know if i'll call the other one a drop i think i gotta go back i'll I go back you and just watch it be again. strong with your hands yeah i mean because ultimately if that's anyone else i mean if it's a julio jones strong hand not getting punched out
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
1: You just gotta hang on to it. It's great defense, but also DK. You have to hang on to the ball. I'm still counting it as a drop. Um, someone, I forget how I got to talking about this on Twitter. Oh no, it's because Russ called DK the, one of the best in the world, and I mean Russ speaks in hyperbole a lot. Like that's just what he does. I think this was on Thursday, and I was thinking, you know, what would it have to, what would it take for DK to jump into the t- like a top, I don't know, five. List. I was thinking about that, and people were like hitting me up. Like, say he just has to stay on this pace. I think he was on pace at that time for like sixteen hundred yards and ew and sixteen touchdowns. Oh, get this, man. Oh my goodness. I mean, that would that would probably do it. It depends on what everybody else does too. Like, cause Tyreek's still nasty. Uh, you know, Julio's still nasty. Just not healthy. Like Devonte Adams is still nasty. OBJ didn't found himself. But the thing is, if these guys aren't available and DK is, that's well, the only easy. one is Julio's the only one out. Um, Mike he, Thomas still like he's even. Out. Well, he's also punching teammates, <laughs> so that's <laughs> other thing. But like he, I don't know how doable it is for him to jump into like a top five, but but Jesus Jesus Christ, man, like it, he gonna he gonna make the he gonna make it close. He's gonna make it debatable. I think he's. I think I said he had to have like. Seventeen hundred yards or something crazy like that. He probably won't do that. I'm pretty sure he leaves the. I think he might lead the league uh, after week five. But who? Good God. Very yeah. talented man, and the fact that people just didn't want to take this guy because of poor route running. Well, I'm sorry if you're just fashioning everybody in college. Why not just send him on streaks? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were using him poor. They were. Ole Miss should have won way more games. Or I don't know if they should have won more games. They, I don't know how many games they actually won, to be honest. Their offense should have been a lot better with A.J. freaking Brown and D.K. Metcalf. Sure, absolutely. But I will, I will cut scouts some credit. He did break his neck, and he had a lot of drops in college. Oh, yeah. Those are legitimately two things. Screw the cone time or whatever. I, was, I probably would have still taken him. Depending on who my quarterback was and who my O.C. in and everything like that. Because, I mean, a good talent you don't know how to use is, is worthless. But those two things are legitimate. But I think the drops are something you can fix quite quickly. Uh, it's just getting training depends. and working on how to catch a football. That's what it comes down to. If no one taught you how to do those things, of course you're going to struggle. But when you get taught how to do it and you keep working at it and then you go to a team, with the Seahawks, with Russell Wilson, who instills confidence and belief that you can do this – I mean, it's a wrap after that. Yeah, but I'm saying every team doesn't have Russ. You're right. That's why I said it, it. It matters who you, who you get drafted to. But I mean, in general, just like nameless, faceless receiver, if you drop the ball, I won't take you. Like that's just kind of my rule of thumb. You know, for the most part, I try to focus. If when you're evaluating people, you should evaluate what they can do if you're considering taking them, and less on what they cannot do. You should highlight their strengths. But I mean, receiver, you got to a get open and b catch it. Like if you if you only do an A, it's why am I throwing it to yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> you know it's not not really, you know, a thing. But yeah, I think in in training camp, DK was looking like this. But it's always with the caveat of like this is clearly camp. They yep. can't tackle. You know, it's not real. Okay, now it's real and he's killing. It. Like you saw it in camp. <laughs> yeah, and this all this looks like camp. This looks exactly like camp. Like no, DK running around and me thinking ah, oh, nobody can do nothing with this guy. Yeah, it's, doing it right and now. that's and that's and that's still the case. And it was like good coverage on him. And so it, like he wasn't just running, just open like in some of these games. Like he dusted that Cowboys dude uh, that ended up punching it out. Like he did that dude bad. He didn't really do anybody this bad in this game. He was just better, you know. Sometimes, and that's, and that's, and that's when the like other teams are gonna watch him. Like we're screwed <laughs> unless they have like. Nah, I mean, if he's Brennan Gilmore, it doesn't really matter who you have. Yeah, we, yeah, it, it it, it doesn't. Like, that's a scary duo, man. Like, And it's important, before we move on to the next thing, this defense ain't that great. So, they're going to need Russ and DK to be heroes. On, maybe not every game, but more often than not. And from what I can tell, I know Russ is built for it. But now we're learning that DK is built for it upstairs. That's important. And, yeah, I don't know what, they, what the rest of the league is going to do with this cat. Can't be stopped. Cannot. You know who else can't be stopped? Our Who's, old friend. And he's old, literally. I'm not going to call him old, man. It's okay. He's two years older than us. He's playing a very – Or is he three? He's playing a sport where when you hit that certain age, you're old. I'm going to just leave it at that. And that's K.J. Wright. And he – K.J., Chris called you old, not me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all love, K.J. He's balling, man. We said this last week and – we're saying it again this week because he did it again. I mean, the stats will only say three tackles, force we got a recover fumble, recover interception, which he made up for last week because he had I think three picks that he just dropped. Yeah, but this week one hand, Odell esque, can we say? Yeah, I haven't even seen a replay of that. I was, should I should nice, watch man. it. He he knew exactly where the ball was going, dropped into the flat where he needed to be, and made an incredible play. And that again goes to his ability to know where he's supposed to be in certain moments of the game. He knew that I got to cover this zone area. It's my area. I'm not worried about anything else. And there he is making a play. Oh, wow. Well, I'm watching the replay of this right now. Damn, Beautiful. that's a play. Beautiful. Woo. I mean, he just read it, and he probably heard all the talk about, oh, KJ got hands like feet, you know, dropping these picks. Got three of them. Well, you know what? Today he made up for it, and that was a huge momentum swing because next play, see how he the ball. Chris Carson just turns up. <laughs> becomes beast mode and scores a touchdown. The Seahawks' momentum gets rolling, and those are the type of plays you need from your one of your best line, one of your best players on your team defensively. And KJ does it again, and you know that was cool seeing him do that. Man, he's having another fabulous year. Yeah, I know. There's been uh, KJ is not the most popular cat from Seahawks fans right now, and I, not to say that Seahawks fans don't like KJ, but like when whenever if someone like, gets beat if it's a running back they're all like damn KJ well i think i think well yes that's one and then i think there's always it, there's a lot of, not a lot of nuance in reactions fan reactions in the moment yep. like if if KJ gets beat on a play or if not even if he necessarily gets beat if he's just the guy in the screen view it's oh, we just, we got to get rid of the guy, oh, blah, 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 blah. And it's usually never that simple. Like I'll use the Cowboys example when he's matched up against Cedric Wilson and Cedric Wilson gets a touchdown. It's like, oh, man, man, KJ's having a terrible game or whatever. And then Pete's like, well, no, he's supposed to have help. That never came. We blew the coverage. Uh, More and to that's it. How, you know, it's, 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 and the broadcasters don't do them any favors in some of those moments too. Uh, but, yeah, the KJ's thing has always been like he knows where he's supposed to be. Check. Uh, he's got good hands. <laughs> Maybe that's not always been the thing, <laughs> but no, he does. I think he had like three picks last year, and he had like eleven breakups or something like that, Pass, like eleven passes defense. Too. Like, it, yeah, 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 has yeah, Two, two today. Like, I think last year there was a the thought that like he was really bad in coverage, and I thought he actually had his best coverage year too. Him and Bobby. It was it was a very weird, very weird thing. I think I said this on the show. I said this on the show last week that. That at one point, some maybe Pro Football Focus or somebody had Bobby credited for like seven hundred yards and given up in coverage or something like that. And then I went to go check it later, and it was like cut in half. I was like, "What did the I don't I don't know." It was very very weird. not know, Seahawks reached out or something. I don't know. Maybe went back and fixed it. Maybe it was Football Outsiders. I can't remember now. Uh, but the the point is, yeah, Spider Man uh, was another guy who had a who had a key play today. Uh, I thought KJ and some guys on the front line. Mm, Jaron Reed, for example, man, he was just a beast today. Yeah, if I'm gonna highlight some guys, like KJ had the had the big pick. Um, who forced the fumble? Was that Devontae Moore? Yes. Yeah, and no, I think uh, somebody else had a sack. I think Benson had a sack today. Cody Barton it's all over s- split the a sack. Like, Yeah, man, there was some individual. The defense was getting roasted, like, let's be clear. <laughs> but the guys were able to step up in some spurts, and that's just kind of how this team is going to be. Like, it's the like the just enough. Defense just does just enough well, I'm to get ex- it done. I'm going to be excited now that Jamal Adams could potentially be healthy for the Week 7 matchup. Yeah, he should be fine. I mean, and the way they're playing – that's just oh man, Jamal Adams gonna be blitzing, doing this, doing that. Maybe the defense gets better, but to Mike's point, maybe it's this is what you're gonna get with this defense, and you just gotta have thirty points to win. Uh, yes, or at <laughs> least at least twenty-seven, like they had, like they had today. Did we say the score earlier? Nah, it doesn't matter. Every everyone watched. Well, Arif just said the Seahawks are gonna win. He didn't wanna give us a score. Yeah, I mean we, I, I figured the Seahawks would win. I wasn't, I wasn't nervous about that. But yeah, shout yeah, KJ gets a shout. Uh, Cody Barton gets a shout. I feel like I'm missing somebody. Benson May. Oh, yeah, you said Jay Reed. Yep. Jay Reed was just I, uh, destroying a <laughs> number seven. 73 had a really bad day. It, people brought to my attention that he was, like, the worst-rated guard in, in football or something like that. Uh, all his ratings are bad. Like, it's not a surprise. And I think I remember Arif saying that the Vikings had the worst-right guard in the league, so that makes sense. But it was like, how often do you notice... The right guard like getting getting his butt whooped. Ask Jay I you, Reed. you usually don't notice <laughs> for some reason it was just standing out to me. I was like, how did Jay Reed get in the backfield? And I was like, oh, oh. it's seventy three. He could run into and then, like seventy three had like two holding penalties. Like it was a bad
0: bad. Rock I don't day. even I don't
1: even know his name. Like it was bad bad day for. Him. Did they talk about him on the broadcast? Oh, they did. Oh, they, what they said was Jay Reed is having a monster day against that right guard. Oh yeah, it, I don't remember his name either. But boy, today, His name, name's not a Jay, right Jay Reed. Jay Reed. Jay Reed, which was great. No, that, it's, uh, it's, it's cool that you watch from home and like I'm there because I don't get to see what they say oh, yeah. uh, on, on the thing. It's good to know I'm, I'm in tune with like Collinsworth. Like yep. he's, he's seeing the same things I'm seeing. Like that's really specific. To him to call out the right guard because I was tweeting about it. It's like, yeah, man, seventy three sucks. Like it's, <laughs> I wonder if Chris wanted to say that. Uh, yeah, no, that's the good. Th- when you're a broadcaster, you can't really. Only people who can get rid away away uh, with stuff like that is like Charles Barkley on TV, like saying somebody just stinks, or you know, they or they're terrible or something. Or calling them a scrub. I guess him and Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> he would be saying brothers is on drugs. And just, <laughs> who was on crack? Was really anyway, yeah. KJ gets a nod. Cody gets a nod. Who else has Benson? To Montre, I feel like they some. Oh, L.J. Collier had his first sack. Good yeah, that for was him. Good, yeah. yeah, good for him. Like I said, defense was still getting roasted, but they did have some <laughs> timely. <laughs> Look at that. Some, some, some timely still moments. Still getting roasted, but you got guys making plays. Yeah, because I mean, that. you just got to make your timely plays. You know, to to win games when you got Russ. If their quarterback was anybody but Russell oh Mahomes, this team would be a lot worse. Oh, th- and five probably be standing. Right no, there. no, no, no. They they, they win some games. Well, they, it depends on who the quarterback is, Mike. That's true. We have to. <laughs> we'd have to identify who. Russ makes up a lot. Yeah, that's that. That's true. That's the scary truth. I want to say one more thing about these close games too, because it's not that just. Cause Pete, I forget who asked Pete. Shout out to Brady, I think is who asked Pete uh, about this. He was like, "Why do you enjoy these close games?" Cause Pete said last uh, whatever I think it was last week or two weeks ago. he was like you enjoy it sometimes. Huh? I was like, "Yeah, man." And then, meanwhile, we asked Russ about it, and Russ was like, "No, I, I like to win by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would wouldn't be surprised." Russ. Yeah, yeah. No, Russ likes to win by a lot. And Pete was like, "No, man, I love these close games. It's freaking awesome. It's fun." And I I tweeted that out immediately cuz I was like, "Pete, you're the only one having fun." <laughs> like, <laughs> your fan base is not. <laughs> they all stressed. <laughs> they stay in a plate, they drinking, like they they just want you to blow somebody out. Please. Please. Yeah, they just <laughs> they, it's heart attacks. It's like I everyone knows I work I was working on my story. Uh, in the hallway of the press box area. I didn't want to be where everyone sits because I wanted to be able to record the Zoom calls on my phone, so I needed to be somewhere private. But it's the hallway, basically, so everyone's just walking by. And, like, everyone's walking by. I'm, like, I'm joking with everyone. Like, Mike Holmgren walked by me. I was like, hey, what's up, coach? I don't know why I call him coach. He ain't never coached me a day in his life. It rolls off the tongue? Yeah, it just it just worked. Anyway, um, I seen him. I was like, man, how's the blood pressure? He just, like, took a breath. I was like, oof. Just shake his head, kept kept walking. Steve Rabel walked by me. He said, like, hey, have a nice night. And I'm like, yeah, man, you too, man. How's your blood pressure doing? He was like, whoo. You know, like, all these reactions is just like, because they, they know. It, it's stressful. But part of that is Pete. Pete, That's Pete's doing, and it's not just the philosophy of, like, he loves the close games. He has, how do I want to put this? He doesn't have an, as much faith in his offense as he should, and he has entirely too much faith in his defense. <laughs> And I'll explain. So today is a great example. How many times did we looked it up, Chris? How many times did they punt in Minnesota's territory twice? So he did that thinking let's pin them deep, and then the defense will, you know, stop them, we get the ball back, good field position. I'm pretty sure both of those times Minnesota ended up scoring. Didn't work out for you. Yeah, because it doesn't matter how much – grass your defense has at their back right if they're just gonna let the offense up and down the field they forced what two punts uh today after forcing only one point one punt i think against miami like he he needs to treat i think i tweeted i tweeted this too i was like yo when the seahawks get across midfield don't punt general rule that should be a new rule up on the building it's to say like always compete and then in like parentheses or like little you know subhead be like hey look if we get across midfield we ain't punting that did, unless it's fourth and ten. No, it was for, depending on where it's at. You get fourth and ten from the twenty-five, just go for it, man. Or, or from like the thirty-five, because he might punt from there for fourth and ten from like the forty. Uh, nope, man, just, just, just go for it because you got to have. He needs to treat Russ and DK and Tyler and the offense like the juggernaut that they're proving to be. Like what they score twenty-seven points in the fourth in the in the second half alone. Like treat them like that and treat your defense like one that is probably not going to force a punt. Like, they could, but the numbers in the film suggest that that is unlikely. They may get a turnover, but they probably are not going to force a punt. Like, they're just not getting off the field consistently. They're just not. Like, teams are converting first downs on the ground. They're converting up through the air. Like, dudes would be wide open on third down. Like, there was some plays today, Adam Thielen, I'm like, ain't nobody even near dude on third down. Like, what's, what are you guys doing? Uh, Like, we highlighted some dudes who had some key individual plays, but the close games are much of a product of, of that part from Pete. He believes, he doesn't believe enough in his offense. Didn't he put on fourth and one today? Like, you should never put on fourth and one. I don't care where the hell you are. Didn't the bears or the uh the bucks just go for it on like fourth and one from their own 20 <laughs> on thursday night football or something? something ridiculous like that you should just go for it you should pete needs to treat his offense like it's madden just start going for it you know in those situations and just assume that your defense is probably gonna get marched on because they are get marched on by everybody they're 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 breaking or, or they're they're bending and then not breaking against some people like fitzpatrick they didn't break uh, but that's Fitzpatrick, who may be better than I thought because he lit the hell up, lit the <laughs> Niners up. But Pete Pete got to just he, – he has to face facts here. He's coaching the defense he wishes he had. You got to coach the defense you got, bro. Your defense right now is either we get a turnover or we're giving up points. <laughs> that is not – there is no thin line I don't line mean there. that to be like an insult, <laughs> but it just kind of is what – the numbers bear that out, right? That's not even an opinion. The defense basically, as it stands right now, is like if they don't get a turnover, they're they're probably <laughs> going to give gonna up be points. Six on the board. Yes, <laughs> or, the, uh, or gonna, three, or a turnover on downs. Like that's kind of just like the the scenarios there. Like it's not going to be a punt. I think David Moore has returned like six punts all <laughs> well, maybe if that. Uh, it's and he's done good at it. Yes, too. Even the, uh, when he ran back today was good. So yeah, I think Pete needs to kind of sit down, look himself in the mirror. I don't know. Maybe just look at Ken Norton. I don't know. Look at somebody himself. I don't care who the little bobblehead of, of Russell doesn't matter just understand that the way your defense is designed right now maybe this changes when they get Jamal you're right that's the hope but we we saw what it looked like the first three weeks yeah it's just at this point Pete needs to start coaching the defense that he has and that's that sounds funky but I mean that makes sense right it's funky I won't go as far as to say that because I think you still have to trust your defense, right? Because if you're just going to rely on Russ, your defense is probably going to feel some type of way. Like, damn, you don't trust us? And that probably leads to they don't even make plays now. There's got to be a point where you're like, you know what? We are going to punt. We're going to put it in your hands. You got to make a change here. You guys got to get it done. You guys are a part of this team too. Yes, we do have Russ and DK who are proving to be an elite duo, but we need the defense to step up and make plays too. We can't always rely on Russ. You said that earlier. Russ might have a bad game. If the defense ain't putting up, it's a wrap. You can only be down so much. Like today, I said they're only down thirteen. In my opinion, I knew they weren't losing this game because I knew Russ was gonna be able to get up thirteen points. You're you telling me Russ can get thirteen points? Right, but that that's assuming that Minnesota doesn't score anymore. And you knew they were going to. But considering the fact in the first half they only had thirteen, I was really confident that the defense was gonna make adjustments. Check, and that Russ is gonna come out and make. Huge plays, and Will Disley got a touchdown. I mean, those are the things that I'm expecting. Now, I could have been wrong. You're right. Minnesota could have came out and been doing the same thing in the first half, and the Seahawks could have been down 20-0 to with, you know, six minutes in the fourth quarter, in the third quarter. But that didn't happen. The Seahawks made adjustments, got off the field, and the ball got rolling. And that's the type of faith that I get where you're coming from, where Pete's like, oh, right, we're going to punt here, and then the Vikings go march down and score. Well, Pete put trust in his defense to make a play. They didn't come through. The defense got to figure it out because there's going to be a time where you're going to need your defense to make a play. And unfortunately, well, I guess I don't want to say unfortunately, but in the last, what, three weeks, it has been up to the defense and they've answered the call where it's like, oh my God, Ugh, Seahawks defense on the field, last play of the game. Can they get a stop? They do it. Can they get a stop? They do it. And it's important for this team to start doing that earlier in the game and not wait until the fourth quarter. Yes, can they get a blowout? Those are things that they got to get done. They got to figure it out, because Pete. I mean, because Russ cannot carry this team every night. I mean, he could probably, but but it's uh, unlikely. My, uh, it's not that I don't want him to trust it, because he. I mean, he's got to trust the defense to some extent. I'd say he trusts them too much. That he, okay, that is true. He trusts them too much. But I think I'm not knocking him for it. I get it. But I do understand where you're coming from. That he has. The faith in the offense and too much in the defense. Yeah, it's, to it's, it it's too much. Like he thought, like he was like, oh, we'll just pin them at the two or something like that. No man, it didn't work. They <laughs> could just go ninety-eight yards. Like that's it's <laughs> doesn't really matter where you pin them. Didn't they have a drive today? That was, let me see, they had a drive, a seventeen-play drive, they had a twelve-play drive, they had eleven-play drive. They had, let me look here, I'm eleven play seventy-seven-yard drive, a fifteen-play ninety-seven-yard drive to take the lead. That they had in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Come on, man! Those like, are things that, that you gotta fix, man. You have, gotta fix them. They they had a drive in the second quarter that they had the ball for ten minutes. Come on, like defense couldn't get off the field. That's I what mean, I'm saying. Like he needs to understand that those are possibilities, and I yes. don't know if he's putting that into the math when his offense has the ball. That's what I'm saying. It's not just like treat your defense like it sucks because it, it it doesn't. But understand that your offense is great. Your offense is your weapon here. Yes. Because right? you're going to have to trust your defense either way, whether you get these fourth downs or not. But I'm saying that, like, the idea that, like, oh, let's just – what's the this, – there's one of those cliches that coaches always use. Like, pin, the, the pin them deep, like, you know, flip the field, all that nonsense. I guess it's as simple as just make sure you're picking the right time to make these decisions because ultimately against better teams – if you don't get this fourth down conversion, and depending on who that quarterback is and how that offense is flowing, that could be detrimental to the game. That could be a, a huge swing. Well, yeah, you, gotta read, yeah, you do got to read the room to and some obviously extent. obviously, we're assuming Pete does that. But I think today, I mean, in those punt scenarios, like, damn, you would expect. I mean, come on. I know the defense hasn't been good, but you pin him at the three, and these mofos go 97 yards. I mean, come on. That's got, not surprising to me, though. Looking at the, bro, they just against Miami. They forced one punt. That's, <laughs> That's what I'm true. saying. Like, there's nothing really that, that has happened this year. That's what I'm saying. He's not coaching the team he he's he has. He has coached the, the team past. that he wants to have. Not even the past. Just the team he would like to have. The team that yeah, if you pin them at the three, you get a quick three and out. Um, they punt from their own end zone. You get the ball right back at like the forty or midfield. Like you basically just didn't didn't lose anything. No. It's, that's just not not how it works right now. This team is gonna give up yards. You know what they need? A pass rush consistently. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that'd be that'd be great to have. They're getting they're getting some sacks here and there, but I think that's if you're wondering why like why are the Seahawks always in these close games? Well, that's why. At least this year. I think that was probably the case last year too, but I know it's the case this year. You got the head coach who doesn't believe enough in his offense and believes a little teeny teeny tiny bit too much on the other side of the ball. Until that changes, invest in blood pressure medicine. (laughs) I'm serious, man, because it's going to be stressful, stressful, stressful. They ain't even been on division games yet. These division games are about to be stressful, y'all. Wait till they get Sean McVay. That's when he really be like, hey, we need to score 40. These boys are going to blow us out. You know what I do believe in? What's that? Showing love from our listeners. Because every week we get Twitter questions, man. We appreciate every single one of you out there. For asking questions, we appreciate all the love and support. Mike, are you ready to get rolling with all these Twitter questions? Because we got quite a few tonight. Oh boy, yep. Let's, let's let's get through them. It's still my favorite part of the show. It's late, but that's all right. Let's do it. All right. To kick things off, we got Ryan, longtime listener. What is up? I think the fans need the buy as much as the players. Five weeks in, heading into the buy, looking at the old line after tonight. How have they played in comparison to preseason worries? Sacks seem to be a product of Russ holding the ball too long. Keep killing it. Appreciate the love, Ryan. Uh the 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 line is playing a lot better. I think this is probably still the best pass protecting group that he's had. To be fair to the previous O lines that he's had. The sacks then too were some of those were a product of Russ holding onto it too long. But I think that the days of like what's that that's that really that's become infamous clip of in green bay where like all five defensive linemen or whatever have him in the backfield in week one or i think that's the 2017 season opener yeah i think those days are are, are gone so that that's good because the pass protection is yeah it's, it's improved it's improved a lot but Russ has a lot to do. Like, I think a couple of those sacks today were on Russ. At least two. Yeah. He admitted one of them in the post. He was like, yeah, one sack was on me, like he said. Just held it too long. Yeah, I can I can see it. Like, the coverage was good, and he held it too long. Like, that's it. He controls whether he gets gets sacked or not. Like, yep. he has the ball. So, yeah, the pass pro's gotten better. I It's, it's better than I thought it would be. Um, so, yeah, that's. I didn't think Shell would hold up as well as he's holding up. Uh, Mike potty has been solid. Uh, Ethan's been, I didn't even think Ethan would start. Uh, and Ethan's been, been solid. So, yeah. That was a... It's definitely better better than uh, I expected in August. That's for sure. Got another listener that's been rocking with us for a while. We got Michael. I don't understand why that first touchdown by DK didn't count. I thought for sure it was a catch. Also, what are we going to do about Trey Flowers? Uh, okay. So, the first question. I don't think his, his touchdown... I don't think that was a catch. Because... Uh, he was in the end zone, technically, when he's trying to catch it. So, that means you do have to get both feet down. And if you fall to the ground, you have to maintain the catch to the ground. He could hit the ground. And ball's three yards away from him. Probably means you didn't catch it. But I see what people are thinking. But no, 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 no. If he if he caught the ball outside the end zone, then it'd be a little different. But no, you have to finish the catch to the ground. Second part, you don't have to do anything about Trey. I think Trey played like eight snaps today. <laughs> Leave Trey alone. Uh, also... Dunbar is the starter, so you don't have to do anything about Trey. He hit the hell out that dude all day. Blasted him. Bull- Trey is skinny cat for a football player. He laid that dude down. That yeah, was a legal hit, but I could feel it. I-, I understand where that coming from. That was that I don't want to be on the bench no more, Pete. Let me play type of hit. <laughs> yeah, he hit the soul out that dude. Probably sleep. He wants to know, he or she wants to know, will Russ throw the first touchdown in the Super Bowl versus the Chiefs? <laughs> I love we just picked the two Super Bowl teams. That one's kinda of, that's kinda of funny. No, no. It's gonna be the, the, the Seahawks are gonna if they make the Super Bowl, it's gonna be a weird first touchdown of that game. It's gonna be like a scoop and score or special teams or or, or something like that. It won't be Russ. That's that's a funny question though. <laughs> this one comes from Dallas Dickinson. The run defense is bad too. At least that's what it appears. Will snacks Harrison and Adams return make enough of a difference or will this team have to score 30 to have a chance just be even if the run D does get better just score 30 anyway it's a good way of looking yeah at that's it, it. Just, just score 30 score 30 and you'll probably win the game uh, but yes I do think Jamal coming back will make it better I don't know about Snacks I'd have to see him a little. I, didn't wa- I don't watch practice anymore because I got better things to do but I definitely think Jamal will, will, will have an impact for sure this one's from Brody there are a number of players that come up big time in clutch. Who are your players of the game, not named Russell, DK, or KJ? Uh, I think I'll probably go with Cody. Cody, man, he he makes that fourth down play happen. It's very similar to how Leno Hill made the play that for LJ against the Patriots and flipped Cam, uh, Cam Newton. That is, this was the same way on that fourth down. Like Cody came in there like a wrecking ball and just smoked. Uh, the fullback. I think his last name is Ham. I think his first name is CJ Ham. Pretty sure that's his name. Like, just smokes, dude. And then it allows I think someone someone to come clean up to play. I think it was Bobby or somebody. Like, shout out to shout out to K. J. to or excuse me to Cody. Cody was playing uh, really well. Yeah, he'd be he'd be my other guy. I don't know what his line lo- his final line looked like, but he, he definitely he definitely made some plays. And he hits just hard as hell too. Like, Cody's trying to knock your teeth out every time he hits you. You like that about linebackers? Also from Brody, KJ, is he on their recovery water? Because that man is on fire. Yeah, no, I mean, KJ was not a bad player. He wasn't even bad last year. I don't know what that, uh, who, I, we need to find out. Just like I found out who was leading the let Russ cook thing, I need to find out who was leading the KJ's bad <laughs> um, thing. It's not to say like is all pro or something like that, but the, I didn't look at the defense last year and think, man, they should really dump number 50. Like, I just didn't, I didn't think that. I I really I really didn't. This one's from Jamar. Was that the first team that runs with a more zone blocking scheme that the Seahawks have played against? The type of room available to the Vikings backs looked foreign. Nah I mean, okay, I'm gonna be honest Which I don't really have all the blocking schemes of every team in the league memorized. I, I just don't. I just, and I'm not even going to try. Uh but no, every team has like it's a man blocking runs, they got zone block. I don't know. If the Vikings are more one way or the other, guys would just getting knocked around. Um, sometimes it really is just that simple. Like you could have it. You could know that it's coming or whatever. But if the dude in front of you puts you on your butt, it don't really matter if it's his own block scheme, man, block scheme. Um, yeah, that's a good question, though. But yeah, I'm not going to try to front like I know the Vikings run block schemes, at least not from just watching live. I'd have to go back and study that. Spoiler, I'm probably not going to. This one comes from Blackity Black Black. <laughs> <laughs> How are you able to stay calm Throughout games like that uh, So in every game They always announce Hey you know Don't bring your homie to the press box There's no alcohol allowed Stupid rule um, And there's no cheering Real out in the press box So like with the rules there you, I, I can't just be up And like, jumping around Screaming or whatever I, I usually don't get too Super nervous In big moments Anyway um, So there's that and the other thing is, it's just like I opened a show with. They got Russ, so I usually think they'll be fine. That's like a good rule of thumb. Like, is is Russell on the team? If the answer is yes, you'll probably be right. If the answer is no, you might be screwed. Like, I consider them to be to be fine. Honestly, after DK didn't complete the, um, the uh, second down play in the, in the, the goal, goal line. line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I still thought they were going to win. I actually felt better about that. I, s- I said to uh, the AP writer, uh, Tim Booth, I was like, I'll just run that same play again. Like, he was open. <laughs> just run it again. And honestly, they went right to that same side of the field, a different play, uh, but went right back to DK. When it was fourth down, I was like, I don't know what they're talking about right here at this timeout, but they should just throw to DK. Like, I was very confident. They threw to the DK. I was like, it's done. You know, so I stay calm mostly because I, I I trust Russell, I'm not as calm, like I am kind of nervous for them when the defense is on the field, like I was really nervous, I thought Cam was going to walk into the end zone in week two, out, oh, for sure, I thought Dak Prescott was going to turn it over, I actually could kind of feel that coming, uh, but yeah, when the defense is on the field, it's a little bit more iffy depending on who they're playing, but yeah, when Ru- if Russ has the ball, I'm assuming they're going to win, like week 17 against um, the Niners last year, that really like caught me by surprise, I was like, oh my god, they lost. At the goal line with Russ. That just blows my mind. Maybe it's because I didn't cover Super Bowl 49 that I feel that way. Because yeah, when it's, I was I was with KJ today. As soon as they got the stop, all was like, this game's over. <laughs> like they're gonna go down there and and win. This one's from Bernie. How do you decide what questions to ask post game? You always get great answers from the players. Um that's a really good question, man. I'm gonna try to keep it short. I think my main thing is i really want to understand how guys feel that's usually the thing i try to do I try to make sure that my response is is gonna get you know that my response is all about how they feel or how they think about something uh I try to make guys laugh uh that's 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 usually pretty helpful um i try not to ask them to just recall moments too often like oh what were you thinking then or i try not to have them like can you take us through the because I watched the thing already, right? So I really... I don't need you to explain to me the play call or whatever. Those quotes are nice. It's just not my goal. I usually am trying to attack... Okay, how do you feel about this thing? Like, what what about you Like, brought you here? You know, get the background. That's my goal. It doesn't always come across... I don't always get good answers. Uh, But... Yeah, that, that's my goal. So... And I've, I've also learned that a lot of people watch these Zooms. So, like, I'm under some pressure here with my questions. Uh, so i'm gonna try to keep up the good work another good question from bernie what do you think the guys will do during their bye week um play call of duty what's the what's the joint that's hot right now the modern warfare is that it sounds about right yeah i'm, I'm not really much of a a gamer i know that's what they do um they have sex probably they at the crib can't go nowhere <laughs> they Wi-Fi. i'm serious i know you're serious yeah <laughs> it, it, why what it was it's it's october when would a kid be due? around like july yeah june july somebody should remember this mark this down if the semana seahawks has a baby in july it probably was made during this bye week because they can't leave right i don't think make can leave so yeah uh probably just relax recover facetime the homies they family and yeah have sex Watch football. Just the same thing. Oh, I guess there's no Thursday night game this week, huh? Nope. Got yeah. yeah, so... Yeah, those would be my things that they probably do. This one's from Kong. Is a lack of pass rush really the reason why this defense is so bad? Like, it seems like we have enough players to be decent. I don't know why it seems like that. I'm <laughs> oh, I oh, That's rude. I won't say that. Uh, no, I think that's a big part of it, though. Uh, I think that... Sacks are a good way to end drives. I also don't think the secondary that they envisioned has played yet. I still don't think we said this on the show too. They still haven't had the their top foursome of defenders. They've played they haven't played enough snaps. That's Shaq, Quentin, Jamal, and Quandre. I think that's that's part of it. Um the other part is that guys, yeah, not not getting home enough. They're getting close, but not getting home. So I think, yeah, I think that's part of it too. And I think they just really play a bad strategy, too. The whole bend, don't break. I think they should be a lot more uh, aggressive. Uh, Honestly, I think there's actually... When Jamal comes back and when they start getting a little bit more creative because you can move him around do all these different things, I think it'll actually get better. This one's from Henry T. Felt like we deserved to lose that one. Why couldn't we stop the run? Their O line is it that good, or is the Seahawks defensive line that bad, or is it something else? I think they mostly just got outplayed today. I w- that's like my general thought uh, on the run on the run defense today. This guy outplayed. Uh, I will say that the if you, shout out to homie Ben Baldwin. I've been using his advanced box, box scores to kind of analyze games. All of the Vikings running backs had negative expected points added, which kind of measures your, like your impact on the outcome of the game on any given play. Um, so. While they had a lot of yards, they didn't have a ton of like extremely impactful runs, and actually had like ones that didn't help a lot. So the run defense, it, it's it was it wasn't good, but it may not be as bad as the raw numbers suggest. I'll put it that way. Um, but yeah, I think like oh the first part of that was t- felt like we deserved to lose. I do. I will say they got a little lucky there on the fourth down play, like. Come on, man! They had given up 200 yards already, and the they couldn't get like three feet. <laughs> Jesus Christ! That was the odds of them like stopping a run play at that. I thought would have been like next to none. I thought Kirk was just gonna get under there and sneak it. That was my first thought. I thought that was that was a wrap. Uh, so yeah, if you feel if you're like, oh man, we probably shouldn't have won that. Like I get where you're coming from. Russ was Russ and DK were good enough to make me feel like they did earn a win, but that fourth down play in particular was like the luckiest thing it feels like anyway it doesn't feel like the Patriots one I learned it was not as much luck because Bobby knew where the play was going so I mean film study like he's just smart this one I don't really think that happened I think they just kind of just read it Cody blew it up and then that was that was the end of it this one comes from Chris Hamilton the first half of the game was the first time we've seen the offense pretty much struggle What were the Vikings doing defensively to achieve this? So I think they talked about this on the broadcast as well. Collins were pointing out what the safeties were doing, backing off. If you notice, Russ's numbers against these guys haven't been great. Like Russ's numbers today were good, but like he definitely struggles against the Vikings. Mike Zimmer has kind of the head coach of the Vikings has kind of like figured things out with Russ. That said, Russ has never lost to the Vikings. So, I mean, he hasn't figured out that much. But he definitely can slow Russ down a little bit. He makes he, he the way his defense is set up, it forces Russ to take more time and go through more of his reads. And Russ is good enough to do that. Uh, but the pressure starts, you know, getting to him. Uh, you see, he had a few throws that weren't like he just he skipped one in the dirt uh, to to David Moore today. He missed David Moore on one. He threw that really bad pick. Uh, so I think that the Vikings play a lot of. What do you say, Chris? Were they playing a lot of cover four, cover a two? Of, a lot of cover four, a lot of cover two. Safeties making sure they don't get beat deep. And they were blanketing Lockett, I mean. Yeah, it was, it was like that last year, too. They're, I think the only big deep ball he threw last year against these guys was a broken play. It wasn't like they just schemed it up really well. I think someone just let David Moore just run right by him, and it was... think they just cut that guy honestly (laughs) for real there might have been xavier rhodes i can't remember so yeah i think the vikings just kind of have the key to slowing down Russ, but they just don't have the key to beating the seahawks it's very weird like if i was mike zimmer i'd be really 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 frustrated after this game because like we keep getting Russ to put up these like subpar games right and we still can't win that sucks that's gotta hurt it almost reminds me of the discussion we always have about jeff fisher he sucks against the league, but against the Seahawks, He just he just finds a way to just beat the Seahawks each week they play, or not each week they play. Every time just they play, just more often a than, more often than he should have beat Pete for sure, which is weird. Yeah, Mike Zimmer, he's owed one because man, <laughs> for real, Russ plays doesn't play his best ball against these guys. Tyler Lockett doesn't he disappears against these guys, and they still lose. Man, that's gotta hurt. Being a Vikings fan must stink. This one's from Zach's majority of the game. It felt like the Vikings were selling out, preventing the deep ball. How come we weren't using tight ends then? Uh, I mean, it's a lot of this is on Russ, too. Like, Russ determines where the ball goes. Um, and tight ends aren't the only guys who use the middle of the field. So that's that's part of it. Uh, they aren't the only ones who are used in the short game. That's part of it. I think for a, lot of, a good portion of this game, Chris Carson was, like, the leading receiver. Um, you know, Russ, like, checking it down to his backs. So I think there's a few things involved there, and yeah, they were they were making sure they didn't get get beat deep. But I think I think it's just uh, the Vikings also take away short stuff too. Like their secondary is good. Like it came into this game pretty good. The Vikings should be good. I don't know why the Vikings aren't aren't better. I'd have to go back and watch their other games. But don't have Stephon Diggs. No, that's not. I mean, <laughs> that's that's not it. Cause they weren't good with him. were they? They were a lot better. Yeah, I guess I guess so. I don't think that's – I'd have to watch more. I don't really watch a ton of Vikings game, but I can't stand watching Kirk Cousins. <laughs> he was good today, though. Yeah, he was solid. This one's from Michael Scott. Why did it take so long for Disley to get his first touchdown? Because he went to UW. Damn. That was a layup. I don't know where Mike, if Michael Scott's a Husky or not, but, yeah, Mike, you walked in. You walked into that. Go Cougs. Um Yes. Go Cougs. Um, No, no, for real. Disley's the number two tight end now. Number two tight ends don't score a lot of touchdowns. I'm sure everybody listening plays fantasy. I mean, you ain't picking up the number two tight end on any team off waivers, right? Like, name me the number two tight end on the Chiefs, right? You're not going to pick him up, right? Because he's not going to score. So that's just kind of where he is now. Why he's the number two, don't know. But that's just kind of what he is now. And when you're number two tight end, you're not going to catch a lot of touchdowns. This one is from Chris. What is the record for fewest punts forced on a defense for a season? Oh okay so you got this Chris is handing me the stat right here the record for fewest punts in a season is 34 by the 1990 Houston o- Oh no this is Houston Oilers known for their prolific run and shoot offense so this is they only they only punted 34 times Oh wait no I think Chris is Chris is asking like how many uh how many punts did the defense force like you know the Seahawks only had force two today mm-hmm. I think that's what he's asking um. So if it's if it's about the offense, that's the answer. Thirty-four. I think it is, isn't it? But what I. What th- is the re- What is the record for fewest punts forced on defense? Yeah. So he's saying like for the Seahawks defense. Got you. Um, that that's a good question. I'm not sure the answer to that. I'd have to hit someone up on that. Uh, the Seahawks are probably going to be around there because they ain't forcing no punts. They just they just really not. I mean, they're not the first defense to be built this way. So I'm not sure. That's a good question though. Someone remind me to uh. To follow back up on that. I'm gonna get one of my nerdy friends to dig into that, unless he's asking about the offense, and then in which case it's what you just pulled up, Chris 34 with the Houston Oilers in 1990 90 or 80? I think it was 1990. 1990. All right, this one comes from Jim What are your thoughts on Cody Barton? I thought he came through on key possessions. You kind of mentioned it t- today. Uh, yeah, no, Cody just hits people really hard, man. That's just kind of like that sack he had on Kirk Cousins. He hit the snot out of Kirk, man. Like, what was Kirk thinking? Kirk had a couple plays today where I was like, dude, who the hell you think you are? Yeah. That one, it was the sack and then the two point play. Oh man, I was cracking up. I said, who do you think he is? Do you think the Seahawks really fell for that? Yeah. That that couldn't have been the play they drew up. Well, Even then, even if that was play they drew up, it's like Kirk, big dog, you white. (laughs) Like, just did he forget he was white? I don't know. I don't know. That That was a very weird. I don't know if he thought he was Josh Allen. I don't know. But I was weird. Like, dude, you white. You wasn't going to get there. That's just not how that worked. No shot. You look slow as hell doing that. That was terrible. This one's from Tyler. Was it the right call for the Vikings to go for it? Hashtag never kid. Hell yeah, Tyler. There you go. Uh, Yeah. So it's a philosophy thing, right? So they had what? Fourth and goal from... uh, It was fourth and one. Oh, fourth and one from the six. They were pretty damn close. I'll put it that way. So it's it's a philosophy thing. If you're playing not to lose, then you kick the field goal and go up eight. Because no matter what, you are not going to lose the game in regulation. Right? The math on that makes sense. If you are trying to win the game, you go for it. Right? Because if you get it, you're, you're probably going to win. Like, actually, I think they do win the game if they get that. So Seahawks had, what, one timeout? Yeah. Okay. They had one timeout game. Game's over. So that's it. It's a, it's a philosophy thing. I think uh, Courtney Cronin at uh, ESPN covers the Vikings. Um, shout out Courtney. I think she uh, posted like their win probability model at ESPN says the numbers were about the same. Their win probability was like in the upper 90s whether they kicked it or went for it. So I think from that standpoint, it's probably like a wash. But if like I think Mike Zimmer also had a quote that I read from her that he was trying to win the game. And if you're trying to win, you go for it. Try not to lose, you kick. That's all it is. Neither one's right or wrong. One's soft and one's not. But it's not right or wrong. Like, I personally, you guys know me. I would have went for it. I would have snuck it with Kirk, won the game, been done with it. Uh, but they decided to run it. That was a fine decision as well. Madison had had, what, 112 yards on him? Like, I, I get it. So, yeah, I think it was the right call. If, if Vikings fans think that was the wrong call, I— I I can't be with you on that one, that's that's not how I get down, I play to win, I don't play not to lose. We got one from Brian, fire Ken Norton and hire Dan Quinn, yes or no? Alright, I'm gonna try to keep this one short, but I want everyone to hear me very clearly. Dan Quinn is not good at coaching defense. He was just in charge of a defense and they were terrible. <laughs> the Falcons consistently have bad defenses. Like, I get that he once coached a good defense here. He has not done so. Like, he hasn't had a good defense without the Legion of them. I think their 2016 defense was good. Um, or whichever year Vic Beasley went crazy. Uh and was that Vic Beasley went crazy? Yeah, for him? that's the year they went to the Super Bowl, actually. Yeah, I think, yeah. So they've had like good good defensive players, but like did you guys watch Falcons games this year? They, I mean... They're 0-5. Their, their defense... Not, not just 0-5, right? Because the <laughs> record can be whatever. Their defense is bad. Last year, the defense is bad. Like, you guys forget Dan Quinn's in charge of the Falcons' defense? You just don't give the dude a new job coaching defense when he was just bad at coaching defense. What kind of logic is that? What? That'd be like hiring uh, whoever whoever's the Jets' offensive coordinator right now. Is it Adam Gase? Does he call the plays? Might be. Yeah. Let's say he's the offensive coordinator for the Jets. And... They they lose shoddy. Right? It's like, oh let's let's bring in Adam Gates. Like, why? He wasn't good at his previous thing he was asked to do. That doesn't make any sense. No. Don't hire Dan Quinn. That doesn't make that doesn't make sense. This one's from Ducati Metcalf Yabambe. I hope I'm saying all that right. Yeah, I don't know if you said any of that right. <laughs> is DK great or is he the greatest? Just kidding. For real though. What happened to Locket tonight? Are we concerned about third down conversion rate? No, I don't think they'll be as bad on third down as they were uh, today. They've actually won a game before without converting a third down. i appreciate pretty sure they did it last year in Arizona. I think they're like 0 and 10. Uh, for <laughs> real, I have to go look. It was either last year in Arizona or 2018 in Arizona. They they won the game without getting any third down conversions. It was very it was very strange, disgusting. I think 2018 is the year, but I have to go look it up. Um, yeah, man, they I have to go really go study what they do against Lockett because like I said, they are shutting him down, Lockett. It was literally the fact that they had the corner would if he was playing cover three he would just run with lockett and the safety would cheat over to that side or if they're in cover four everybody's deep so you'll have your corner deep your safety's deep no one's open and entire tyler lockett is elite at getting deep getting open on those deep post corners and post routes that's where he gets a lot of his touchdowns. Play play action, and he just runs by defenders. The Vikings made it very key today to not let him get behind them, no matter what. They yeah, that sure doesn't that. explain why he just didn't... He wasn't even... A, in the first half, he... He, he just wasn't open. Russ didn't want to force it. He's not six five. Yeah, I guess... <laughs> I mean, I, Russ made a smart decision. Like, I'm not going to just check it up. There's two people there. Now, if it's one-on-one, but I don't even know if... I mean, we're going to have to go back and watch the film to see how many times it was one-on-one coverage and to see, could Russ have just thrown it anyway, but... Russ has been really good at just getting it to Larkin, and if he couldn't get it today, shout out to Minnesota for getting it done. Yeah, because he didn't have any catches in 2019 against these guys, and didn't have a good game in 2018 against these guys. So, I, my my general thought is that the Vikings defense is really disciplined. That would be that would be my thought. At least they play disciplined against these guys. Like it's, they make a concerted effort to to do a thing against Tyler, and they complete the thing. Again. They're, they've never beat Russ. I'm pretty sure Russ is like undefeated against Minnesota. So this stuff <laughs> is only working so much. But the, they are doing some little things that work really well. And just being really disciplined is a big part of your defense. Also why you don't want to hire someone like Dan Quinn. His defenses were not – bro, the Falcons are bad. Their defense was very bad. It was very undisciplined and poorly run. I don't understand how anyone could watch Dan Quinn coach the Falcons defense and be like – I, was him. I think it was the familiarity with him. The fact that he was with the Seahawks when the defense was pretty good. And then the Seahawks said, mm, be a head coach. They and all, that didn't didn't turn out well. Well, they also had the Legion of Boom. That is true. That's the like I think what we're learning here over time with more samples with a bigger sample size is anyone could have coached a good defense with the Legion of Boom. Like, I'm sure people may have been arguing that at the time, like. Not to say that Dan Quinn, Chris Rashard, and whoever the other bald dude, with the, oh, Gus Bradley, like, they probably were, like, good minds as well. That's, I'm sure good teachers or whatever. You had, had Earl. Like, even if you weren't good at your job, Earl was going to make you look like you were. And you look at what these guys do when they don't have Earl or Sherm or Cam. Like, these are Hall of Fame talents they had. Of course they were going to be good defense. I don't think it was just that, like, yeah, Dan Quinn is freaking genius because. Did he just leave the genius at his Bellevue crib and not take it to the, the South with him? Because, good God, Gus, too. Like, what the? Yeah, very weird. Our last question comes from J. Dub. Why did the Seahawks pump from the opponent's 40? Because Pete's soft. For real, man. That's what I talked about earlier, man. I just don't understand. If you cross midfield, you go get points. Simple, plain, to the point. Cross midfield, three. go get points. Huh? You can attempt three. I just said go get points. I don't really care what they look like. Oh, okay. That's why I said that. Yeah, go get points. You're not Hashtag always going to score a touchdown. Just kick it. No, no, no. Just go, No. Hashtag score. That's <laughs> it. I don't care how you get it done. Score. You shouldn't be punting to the, the other team. That's that's no. Not this version of the Seahawks. 2020 Seahawks should not do that. Maybe in previous iterations of the te- the Seahawks, perhaps. That's what I say about Pete's not coaching the team he has. The team he has should go not be punting once you cross midfield previous defense previous teams sure this current one no hashtag score what the <laughs> I don't care. how the hell are you doing fart the ball into the end zone I don't care as long as you get as long as the ref says it's legal and you get points sure that's it that's all I care about anything else you want to add before we shake Mike uh no I just want to thank everybody I was actually, yes thank you guys for tuning in as always it's late one appreciate you guys giving it, getting into questions we try to make sure we answer all of them when when they come in <laughs> Try to be thoughtful on him. Um, even though I th- that. The Dan Quinlan frustrates me, man. I just don't. You guys hate Norton way too much. Really, really, really do. Uh, but we appreciate you guys. As always, we're going to bring you the heat during the bye week, too. Don't worry about it. Um, but again, relax. If you have Russ. It'll be okay. You see, I don't have
0: to drive me. I just say that for your mama. Maybe you should smoke something. Try the marijuana. I was definitely good. That's a vibe of strength. So you were talking. And I, I cheated you right. Everything was a gift from a time to your bag and a color.